Welcome to the Hit Parade Podcast. Come join the nation's award-winning number one repack brand and our host, Joe Kay, Patrick Mancuso, and Tom Hughes as we discuss all the happenings in the world of sports entertainment and we speculate on where things are going in the industry. Follow along for some hot takes and cool products that you're going to want to hear about. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hit Parade Podcast. Welcome back, guys. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Joe Kay, alongside Tom Hughes. Um, as you can see, the improvements we were talking about, well, they're coming along. We got a cool little backdrop now and, you know, we're getting there. All we need now is a third person like we liked before, even though we miss you, Patrick. Uh, and we'll be uh, we'll be flying. So, again, you know, with the holiday season and everything, it's been it's been really busy over here at Hip Parade, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a crazy time of year. Obviously, uh, we were moving and then you jump right into moving to the holidays and we had Black Friday and Cyber Monday and it just could keep runs. We have sales all week. Mm-hmm. It's just been a, a busy time. Yeah, so for those of you who are looking for our uh, podcast, because I know we said, hey, we're going to get back to doing this weekly. I think we're getting, getting back to doing this weekly finally um, now that things have – well, things don't ever really calm down here. But, hey, for right now, that's where we're at. So Hey, we're, we're not traveling for another three weeks, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Is it, this is the longest streak of the year where we don't travel like shows, right? Yeah, there's always one show at the end of – or the beginning of December, Philadelphia. Uh, then after that, it's usually pretty slow until – um, January, but there were a couple shows this weekend. I had people texting, calling, saying they were at shows and they're picking stuff up. So we took some time off. The hobby doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. Is there a reason that we don't go out to shows during these months? Or is it just because of uh, how busy everything is with our sales and stuff online? It's a lot to do with being busy with sales. Um, also, just you have end of the year stuff. You really got to make sure that everything's right for the end of the year. So taking a little bit of time off, making sure everything is good is uh, a good practice to have. Yeah, it's nothing personal. We swear. Um, we 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 miss you. Yeah, obviously we'll be back out there in January. It'll be fun. Uh, but with that, speaking of fun, uh, baseball's heating up. Uh, big names are going all over the place, and I guess we could start with the biggest one. Otani finally signed, and well, he's in L.A. He's a Dodger. Um, he signed what was it? A ten-year, seven hundred million dollar contract. He doesn't really have to move much because you know he was already in L.A. If you want to count it that way for Anaheim. Uh, from the Angels, so he kind of just goes to the crosstown rival type thing there. And uh, how do you like the move for him? So first, last week before it happened, we were sitting here talking, um, and I said I think that Toronto might be a place he'd end up with. It just was yeah. kind of like a they were talked about, but they weren't the favorite. And I thought that was a really good spot for him. And the day before it got announced, all of a sudden, all the buzz was he was going to Toronto. Ray's texting me, oh, my God, you called it. I have people, like, freaking out, like, I wish we would have taped what you were saying because he's going to be in Toronto. You were right. And then, no, that was all smokescreen, nothing happening. Uh, would have been cool. But, listen, it's great for baseball, maybe? Is it? I don't yeah, think so. I think so it's, it's good for the hobby because, once again, he stays in a really big market. The Dodgers, outside of probably the Yankees, and maybe the Cubs is probably the third biggest uh, market for for team wise mm-hmm. in the hobby. So it's good for the hobby. We've already seen a spike in Otani cards. Um, you know, I was looking at some values and anywhere from like ten to fifteen percent to like thirty five percent spiking in Otani cards. Nice, because um, one, it's a bigger market, but two, he's on a World Series favorite now. Yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's funny that you were talking about Toronto because I remember I was looking at Twitter the day he signed and that's when everybody was like, oh yeah, rumor is he's on the plane and Toronto's about to take him to like the dinner where he's going to agree to sign the contract. And I remember like Blue Jay fans were just freaking out. And then all of a sudden he just posted on his Instagram, 
hey, going to the Dodgers. It was never on a flight going to Toronto. I don't know how all those rumors started, but it was a huge day. And then just like I remember all of social media was just like, oh, Toronto, look out. This is crazy. And then everybody just went, oh, never mind. There it is. He's apparently a Dodger for the next 10 years. Um, and I know his contract set up like a special weird way where they're not paying them nearly as much so they can still kind of like be competitive and sign more people, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The contract is crazy to me. Like, um, I think I, there was the, the meme for, uh, Wolf of Wall Street when they went in and they signed the paperwork. He's like, is it legal? Nah. Like <laughs> there's no way that this should be allowed that they're basically deferring all but $2 million a year. Um, to me, that's ridiculous. They're basically able to pay whoever they want now. Talk about like working around the salary cap. Well, not mm-hmm. salary cap, but um, luxury tax here. It, yep. It's dumb to me. The fact that one of the stipulations of this contract is that if people in the front office get let go, he can opt out of his contract. So basically, not only these the people who signed him obviously are all getting pats on the back because they just got Otani there. But they probably feel pretty good that they're not going to get let go because if they get let go, Otani could leave. Yeah, it's nuts, right? Um, I think I think if I'm signing a 10-year mega contract, especially after I just went to a place like the Angels where here I am with you know another superstar in Mike Trout and nothing ever happened. Like They didn't really put the team around me. And according to Otani, winning is everything for him. And that's why he went there. Um then all of a sudden he's in the Angels. Nothing's happening. So now he's on the Dodgers. Where they're definitely going to build around him. Uh, they just traded for for Glass now from from the Rays. So there's a, an example of them using more of their money. But you know, I wouldn't want like the guys that I agreed to. If they get fired or something happens to them in like three years, all of a sudden I have to deal with new people I don't know, et cetera, et cetera. I wouldn't want to be stuck there either. So I thought that was cool for him. I also found it funny. I, I thought that was my favorite stat out of all the ridiculous Otani contract stats is that the Dodgers could have chosen to give. Everybody in everybody uh, in the U.S. one million dollars because the U.S. population is just under three hundred and thirty-two million. We all could have gotten a million dollars from the Dodgers, and they still would have had like four hundred, basically, to give Otani. Still, <laughs> really puts it in perspective for you when you look at it like that. That's that's bananas, you know. Well, they were doing like um, two games of Brock Purdy is basically <laughs> one game, or, or two games of Brock Purdy, two years. Oh, sorry. Two years of Brock Purdy is one one game of Otani. Like just stupid stats. Like he, you know, he is making more than the whole payroll of the half the NHL teams. It feels like it doesn't feel like it. It's true. Like I mean, he's a great player. You're signing for ten years. He's not pitching next year, right? Like, well, they're, well, they're paying for the pitching and the hitting. The only problem is it's like with the injury. What if he's not the same pitcher? What if he doesn't? I assume that he's going to make it back because he's obviously like a generational talent. But at the same time, you're like, if if a decent chunk of this money that's going towards him was based on his ability to throw too, and well, now he can't. Oh, well, how old is Otani right now? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. How old is he? You know he's like, is. isn't he 30 years old? Is he really? See, I always forget because you know he comes over at a certain age, like somewhere else. Can't ask me these questions. While we're trying to record a podcast, what's wrong yeah. with you? Um, it says here he was born in '94, so do the math. So he's so tw- 29, 30 years old. So you're paying this guy seventy million a year till he's forty years old. I had no idea he was that old. I just and, found that. I just and, realized that. And I'm, oh, I'm telling you, when you turn thirty-five, when you turn forty, you're not the same person as you were when you were twenty-five. As much oh, as he wants to, tell me about um, it. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about it a little bit later. When we touch on hockey. Uh, age is undefeated. 
Father Time always wins. And now it's on Brady. At some point, this contract's going to look terrible, I think. Well, I don't think it's going to look terrible because I think by the time it's going to look terrible, dudes are going to be making a billion dollars. They're going to have billion dollar contracts out there. Like it's just like it's just like when people said that for quarterbacks and they're like, oh, man, I can't believe you're paying so and so this this, you know, this many million. And then by the time they start to decline five years later, all the younger guys are making double what that guy was making. So I don't know if it'll look that bad. It might actually still be kind of like a pretty good deal in the future. <laughs> there's, there's no way. Uh, there's no way that this there, will be. There's a, no way that this is going to be a good deal at any point in the contract. I think it's a good deal for them right now. No. You're, money doesn't matter to teams like the Dodgers. So what are you talking about? 162 games. So Ugh, don't get me started on that. Season's too long, but go on. So what does he have to do to be $65 million better than a $5 million player? Like, what can he possibly do to be that much better than somebody else? Like, he's the best player in baseball. To be that much better, to be his annual contract is five times, four times what Judge makes. What does can he do to be four times better than Aaron Judge? What can he do to be four times better than Mike Trout? Well, be healthy, I guess, but he can, you know, hit and check this out, pitch. No, that's the point. No, no. If he comes back and he's a Cy Young candidate on top of it and still hits well, it's easy money. Like that, like it's worth every penny. Not a chance. You say that, and then they win three straight World Series or something, and then nobody's. You also thought CJ Stroud was going to be terrible, so I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) Ohio State quarterback. The the chances of him not being good are pretty high. Anyway, um, speaking of young, talented people on the move, uh, the Padres decided, hey, we weren't very good. And kind of like we, we touched on in the podcast last time we did it, uh, Juan Soto got traded. Uh, he goes across the country to the Yankees who just decided, you know what, we need to do one of those Yankees moves where we just acquire a, a big name and send a few people few pieces the other way so soda trade happened i know you hate it from the perspective of i hate the yankees and i'm an orioles fan blah 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 but for the hobby the trade itself how do you feel about it i hate it i'm an orioles fan yeah, yeah, yeah. the hell with the yankees um i mean the yankees made two really good moves soto who i'm a huge fan of mm-hmm. um if you've seen my instagram post i posted a picture of a soto card because he's one of my favorite players and now he's a Yankee, and now he, I hate him. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, but they also picked up Verdugo, who I think is a very solid player, from the Red Sox, which is crazy, that you know traded cross-town rivals there. But once again, for the hobby, it's good when the Yankees are good. They are the biggest market in the hobby. Um, the Yankees are America's team, blah, 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 just like every other Cowboys and <laughs> Patriots fan now and all that. But it's good for the hobby. He's a great player. You're going to see him more on TV. He's not in the West Coast. And he's going to be playing in a ballpark where he should be very successful. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. We're talking about, you know, players being traded or signing places. And that we've only mentioned two teams that they actually went to. They play in Los Angeles and they play in New York. Uh, like you said, two of the biggest teams they could have gone to. Uh, meanwhile, on the other market, some other players moved. Uh, famed hobby person who I feel like ever since I started working here, uh, at Hit Parade, we had a lot of the Jared, Kal- I don't know how to say his last name, I always screw up, Kalanick. 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 We had his rookie cars, we had all of it, we were ho- always hoping he'd pop off, and then he kind of didn't, but then he kind of did, and now he's he's on a pretty good team with the Atlanta Braves. Tell me about that, too. So I love it for people who have been holding Kalanick. Um, he was have a, people been still holding him, though? Yeah, because he, he was a hype prospect, 
He did really good. I think his first game, he hit a bunch of home runs, and everyone, like, his card market exploded. Mm-hmm. I'll do then it. all of a sudden, he struck out, like, 92% of the time he was at bat. They sent him back down. His market dropped. Then people were like, oh, post-hype sleeper. They bought him again. He had a little bit of a resurgence, and then same thing. Um, last year, he had, an, he had an okay year. He wasn't a star. He wasn't anything, but he was okay. Uh, now you're going to put him on a team that is one of the best in baseball, one of the deepest rosters. Is he and an everyday player there? He should be an everyday player there. Okay. Um, I would imagine, obviously, things can change, but I would imagine he'll be starting there in the outfield for him. He is a very toolsy player. You wonder with that coaching staff, they're able to get a lot out of guys like Acuna, who I know is great, but new coaching, new ideas, maybe change the swing path a little bit. All of a sudden, you cut down on strikeouts, and this guy might be able to live up to the hype he had a few years ago. Yeah, and last but not least on our little baseball topics, um, player came over from Japan, signed a pretty big deal with the Giants, but it's not quite the player you thought he would be because uh, that player didn't sign yet. So Jung-Hoo Lee signed with the Giants. Uh, I believe you were telling me earlier before we started recording, it's a record-setting deal. Yeah, I think it's the biggest deal, um, bigger than Matsui when he came over. Ah, Hideki. Um, but he is uh, – the Giants need to do something. They were obviously in the Otani talks, though they really weren't a real threat to get them. They needed to go get somebody. They've been chasing guys like Correa the last couple of years, trying to get that marquee name. Um, they hope this guy is it. In um, Japan, his nickname is like grand, Grandson of the Wind. His <laughs> father was a player that was very good and one of the best in Japan, uh, was the Son of the Wind, I believe. Oh, okay. So he has a lot of hype. He's really good. He's 25 years old in the prime of his career. Uh, just signed like a nine-year, $160 million contract. Um, you know, anytime these young these, these other markets get players like this, it's good for baseball, I think. Uh, I've, we've talked about before about salary cap in baseball and all this other stuff. You know, good to see one of the little guys get one. Yeah, I hear you. Wait, are you are you considering the Giants a little guy? Uh, compared to the Yankees? And yeah, the- sure, I get that. But, like, I feel like on the second tier of, like, the big guys, the Giants are there. It, that's probably – you're probably correct. It's not It's not the Twins. It's not the Brewers. It's not – Would you consider the Giants bigger than your Orioles? Absolutely. Oh, I think, there you go. I mean, I think the Orioles – they're the little guys. They were like the third lowest payroll last year. Um, I mean, there's always Tampa who feels like they pay their team as much as the Yankees minor league team. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. So baseball is excited and fun, and there will still be more names on the move as the season approaches. Uh, well, let's move on to stuff that's already going on, like the basketball season. Uh, the in-season tournament happened, and it, it gave us – Pretty cool finals where you had LeBron going for something with the Lakers that he hasn't done before because, well, nobody's won this before. And he was taking on – they're taking on the Pacers in the finals, correct? That's so correct. You were kind of – we were kind of talking about this last time. Um, big Pacers fans, big Halliburton fan. Uh, both of us are, I believe. And Halliburton played pretty, pretty well overall in the tournament. But LeBron, he's still just – that's why he's arguably the greatest player of all time. You know, uh, some people still say Jordan. I think I would too. But the point is – even at his age, with the way he takes care of himself, when he turns it up, I mean, look out. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost felt like it was predestined that he was going to win. Right. Um, it just, you feel like at this point in his age, he turns it out when he wants to. He sees an opportunity to do something that no one else has done. Um, another lasting memory that he has in his career, another, you know, feather in the cap here. The Lakers played great. Anthony Davis was great in the finals game. Um 
and they looked really, really good. And it it kind of gives you a, a peek of what this team could be uh, come playoff time. And even though with load management and all this other nonsense, they're probably not going to be a top seed, but they'll be a real dangerous, you know, five, six, seven, eight seed uh, come playoff time. Of course, you can never count out the Lakers, especially when, they, again, they have James and when Anthony Davis really wants to play, he can be pretty good too. So it's like, you never know. Yeah, I. It, it's great. I, I did find it funny because I, I heard that they did or they're going to hang a banner up. I would. Screw it. No, no, no way. way. Why wouldn't you? It was a tournament. It was a thing. It counts. You get a cup. It's like, all right, here. A lot of a lot of things that uh, American sports compare themselves to, especially lately, has been European soccer, English soccer, the, the tier system, relegation, promotion, et cetera, et cetera. Also, during those during league play, just like right now, there are multiple, you know, countrywide tournaments that people play in knockout stages. So you have different games during the actual regular season, et cetera, et cetera. Every single time somebody wins like the FA Cup, they still hold a banner. They still run the cup. It's still it's the exact same thing. It's an in-season tournament, just like the soccer has their own tournament. And they, they celebrate it. Why wouldn't we celebrate it? If the it? Pacers won, I could see it because they never won anything. You're the Lakers. You have – I've been there. I've been to, to Staples Center. It's a sure. crypto arena now. Yeah, is. There's banners everywhere. You don't need to celebrate winning a little tournament that other than they get a nice little paycheck means nothing more than other regular season games. Get out of here with that noise. And here's why you're wrong. It's the first one. So right now it doesn't mean as much as it might in – 10 years where people are still going hard for this, which again, we talked about this on the last show where teams were playing and doing what they had to do to win this thing. People gave a shit about it. They wanted to win it. It wasn't because it was the first one. It was maybe because of the money, because who doesn't want more money? But I think it's just a, I think all these people, all these players are just hyper competitive. at just about everything they do. That's how you get to the league. And this is just another thing they can win and they want it. And the Lakers should definitely own it. If you have a million banners, it's still cool. That means it never gets old raising a banner. So I've told, again, Buffalo sports fan, we don't do that that much, but I hear it's great. And I guess my point here is like, it doesn't matter if it's the Pacers who would have won and they have all of what, I think they won a division along the way, Eastern Conference <laughs> final, who knows? It doesn't matter because they're the Pacers, but like. Hey, don't disrespect Reggie Miller mean, like that. I love Reggie Miller, but <laughs> point is, if that's their only one, that's almost more pathetic than adding another one to like the billions of Lakers, Lakers ones. Either way, it doesn't matter because. The players cared. They proved that during the tournament. And I know the NBA cares. And you know the NBA is saying, like, hey, we're getting you a banner for that. Why wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, the NBA does because they want to push the narrative. This Why wouldn't something. they? Exactly. And the more you push it and the more you say it means something, the more – check this out. It means something. At the end of the year, when they look back, they're going to be like, well, the Lakers lost in the quarterfinals, but they won that in-season tournament, so they had a successful year. No one's going to care if they lose in the first round of the playoffs. No one's going to look back and be like, oh, this was a good year. We won the in-season tournament. Sure. But that's not what the whole point of it is. Plus, I think it could go the other way, too, where teams can make the in-season tournament, play very well in it, and kind of because they're playing harder, figure it out maybe faster than they would if they were just playing the regular season. And that could actually spur them to play better for, you know, the next two-thirds of the season or however long it'll be and could spur them to potentially winning the championship or going to these, or, you know, their conference finals, something like that. So – it could also be like a springboard for teams that you're like, oh, I'm surprised that this team's doing well in the in-season tournament. Oh, now they're doing well for the rest of the season and completely change the trajectory of how they were headed. Yeah, great. So that's great. I'm all for them using this to get better. Don't hang the banner. <sighs> Don't well, do it. Anyway, 
Some fun stuff. Is this fun? Because Giannis scored 64 points, which is really cool because he does that a lot. He's Giannis. I mean, all right, he doesn't do it a lot, but he does it more than most. Giannis is a very good player. It's career high for him. Was it really? I believe it's career high. Huh. I learned that right now. I'm not good with this. But what I will say is I get it. It's just, Oh, that's probably why he wanted the game ball because it's career yep. high. Really wanted the game ball. Pacers, bringing up them a bunch again. Not giving it to him because some guy whose name we don't have to say is like Oscar I don't even know how to say his last name. Don't worry about point is dude scored his first points in the NBA. So they're keeping the ball for him. Super normal thing to do there. Giannis did a super abnormal thing. Went into their locker room, started arguing with them. I don't know exactly what happened. Do you have more details on that? So during the game, it was a physical game. There was an altercation where Giannis' brother almost came off the bench because of a hard foul on Giannis. Giannis dropped 64. Uh, Like I said, I'm pretty sure it's career high. He wanted the ball. They ended up with one ball. The Pacers took a ball because their players scored their first point, and it's something that they've done previously. Well, Giannis wanted the ball that the Pacers had for it, and he was yelling at Hal Burton about it. He didn't like what he had to say, obviously, because he ran to the back and was yelling at the team because he wanted the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he ended up getting the ball he wanted, which I don't know, Giannis. It's, I think it's a bad look. I, if, I'm taking a side look. On, if I'm taking a side on this, I'm taking the side on you had a guy – that just scored his first point. Who knows if he's going to have a long career in the NBA. That might be his one moment that he can share with his kids or whatever. Giannis, you're probably going to score more than 64 at some point in your life. True. I think it's – first off, I thought it was interesting. Um, I didn't know this, and I don't know. Maybe ever, maybe this is common knowledge, but like we, we used to talk about Deflategate and how many different balls there were when like for the NFL because they always had the kick, kicking ball. They have special balls for weather. You know, there was there 12 balls. They yeah, use. they swap they swap balls out because they get wet, the wipe a mile, right. all that stuff. The NBA has all of two. The main one they use, the backup ball, if they need it for whatever reason, two. I'm a little surprised by that, but I guess I kind of I guess I kind of get it too, because it's not like getting destroyed like a football might with all the tackles yeah. and stuff, but I don't know. Maybe have another one out there for this type of stuff, do it at the halves. I don't know. So that that's the thing I think that might happen is that you might see them institute that so you don't have an issue like this i mean i've played basketball thousands of times in my life i can't imagine i can't remember one time that i've played an indoor game where i was like oh we need to switch the ball out right i hear you on that too that's why i was trying to think of what could happen it maybe would have to like fall in the stands and get nicked up or i don't even know like an errant pass someone, yeah i mean it's I, the rim I, weird i, I mean it, i've definitely seen it where someone's beer has been blown up because they weren't paying attention on the first that's hilarious level. um and they're you get it with a pass or whatever but there's not many things where you need to get a, a change of ball. But, I mean, once again, here we are in beginning of December, and people are paying a lot of attention to basketball. Yep. Um, like we said, Pacers are, are in the headlines again this time, maybe not for the best reason. but no, They didn't it, do anything wrong here. But, it's once again, people are talking about basketball. Um, I think people are more excited about basketball this year than they have in previous years. So maybe the in-season thing's working. <laughs> already flip-flopping guys no i still don't, no he's banner just, he's still just, no banner all right sure um speaking of people who do dumb things draymond green did another well draymond green thing uh he pretended he was falling just slugged a dude in the face he's getting suspended he's doing all that crap and i the more i think about it i don't even care about talking about this he's kind of been a clown for a little bit now um i get like having a dude on your team that's a little bit tougher and that worked really well when the warriors were just slaying the league all the time but realistically and this is a better question i have for you they're sitting at 10 and 14. They're all a bit older. Are the Warriors just done? Um, 
I think they very well are no longer a team to be a championship caliber team. As good as Steph still is, Clay Thompson is not the same. Right. Um, you know, they were the Splash Brothers, and as good as Steph was, Clay was right there as a shooter. Um, Wiggins is a really good role player, but never really lived up to his draft type. And if you don't have another person there, they could be in trouble. And, and Draymond, so my question, I was going to have a question for you, but they need him on the floor because he does a little bit of everything. Sure. Terrence, our good boy Terrence, hey, put Terrence. out there on, on Facebook, is Draymond Green, a.k.a. As he call him, triple single. <laughs> is triple single a Hall of Famer? I don't know. Four four rings as a big member of a, a dynasty almost. I feel like the answer is going to be yes, regardless because of how important he was to those championship teams. And, you know, the Warriors were a dynasty for a bit and during Steph's heyday, all that jazz. So, yeah, I think I think he'll be in because he was it was never like just Steph whenever they named like the top players for that. And they always named Draymond Green. He had a couple big moments on his own. So, yes. Um, I mean, most of my comments earlier just that he's kind of like whatever now. He just is. He's almost like I'm sick of his antics, I guess, is what it comes down to. It's like you get we get it, bud. And he's just kind of doing what he would do while also the team was good. So he was like always hyping him up. But he also fought people on his own team and stuff along the way, too. But realistically, he'll get in and people will debate it. It'll be one of those ones that people are like, should he have really gotten in? Or did like Clay and Steph shoot Draymond into the Hall of Fame? So Robert Ory, Big Shot Bob, has more championships than anyone outside of Mr. Bill Russell, I believe. Yeah. He is not in the Hall of Fame. I know. I don't think Draymond gets in. I think he is a borderline case. Mm-hmm. And just like this is a slightly different topic, but just like Barry Bonds, who people didn't like. Now, there's a steroid thing, too, but people didn't like him. And that's part of the reason. <laughs> the steroid thing, too. No, the steroid thing is why people didn't like him. And why no, not people didn't like him because he was a jerk to reporters and he was always just thought he was better than everybody. I think the, it was the these, roid rage. I think that these antics are what people who are on the fence of ju- voting him in are going to hold him back. It's, There's a difference, though, because baseball still has all one those, of those players are really good and one's not. Right. No, 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 that's not even the difference. The difference is in the voting. Baseball is just chock full of old people, <laughs> the people who are just like. Oh, this will tarnish our Hall of Fame because I care about baseball so much because I'm 70 years old and I still write articles for print papers, even though print media is dying. Like a lot of those voters are still old people who will hold that grudge for forever because that's just the way it is. Basketball, you get younger people voting, you get more people who won't look at it that way. You know, they'll look at it for what he did, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm not telling you he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer. I'm telling you that, I like I just said, I think – Stephen Clay's greatest assist ever will be bumping him in there, and people will have a problem with it because of guys like like Big Shot Bob you mentioned and stuff I, like I that. I don't think Draymond Green can dunk. You can. <laughs> no, I definitely can't. No, I know. But, but I, I'll say, you know, we talk about the Hall of Fame. To me, if there's a I, – I would not collect Draymond Green, Green anymore. I would not buy him for products. He's just a guy that I would stay away from in sure. general. That's fair, especially now because nobody nobody wants him now, but we're talking about what he did in the past. doesn't matter. Speaking uh, of guys that <laughs> – uh, you, beat me, you beat me to <laughs> of, it. Of guys that maybe you collect, maybe you don't. John Morant yeah. is a week away from playing in games again. So the Grizzlies are sitting there. They're 6-17. and 17. They look disjointed. They don't look very 
very good. Um, at the end of the day, John Moran playing for them is a good thing. He's a very, very good player. Let's not forget what he was doing before he decided to go be a moron. Uh, he claims therapy has helped. He's claimed he's a different person, but those are the things you claim when you're coming back from a you know rather large suspension for you know waving guns around Instagram or whatever the hell else he was doing. Bottom line is the Grizz need him. Uh, they're going to do anything this season, and it's it's still young enough where when he gets back, they have enough time to at least get to the ten seed. They're only seven games out. That's a lot for the short amount of season that we're playing. But if they go on a little bit of a run and they're going to be a lot beating the teams above them, there's they're probably going to be able to be able to get into the play. I think they'll be able to. It'll be a cool story. I kind of think he's young enough and realized. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm not. Like, I know people were talking smack about him, like, oh, he just thinks he's a gangster, but, like, he's basically Carlton Banks growing up and all that other stuff. Maybe, like, he's just going to calm it down now. He doesn't need to be that way. Uh, I think he might have learned a lesson for real here. Uh, granted, he could be suspended again in two months. What do I know? I'm hoping for the best here. I kind of feel like the Grizzlies will use him the right way. I think they'll get to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to become, like, the way they were. I think it'll take a little bit longer. I think there's a few more problems there uh, than just needing John Morant, but... That's kind of how I see it. What do you think? So I think he's going to come and ball out. Like, I think if you want to buy John Morant, you have about two or three days left. No, that's the next question. Is uh, it buy John Morant yeah, time? I think if you are buying him, you have two or three days left. It's, it's already starting to come up. Uh, I think he's going to come out, ball out, show everybody the player he was, um, and absolutely be great. Problem is, even with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain, I don't see them becoming a playoff team this year. I, I think they're going to still be outside looking in, and they might make it interesting. But I just think they've dug themselves too big of a hole right now because of how competitive the Western Conference is. There's so many good teams. Um, I mean, we talked about the Lakers won the play-in, and I think they're like the seventh seed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pelicans, who were in the play, were in the in-season tournament, they're like the nine or ten seed, and we're seeing people talk about, hey, they're finally healthy. Zion looks great. They could make a run to be a team to win it all, and they're on the outside looking in from the top six. Fair enough. All right, last thing for basketball, we got to get moving for sure. Uh, the Wizards, the Pistons, and the Spurs combined their eight wins, sixty-two losses. Uh, you ask which team is going to be first. I'm going to tell you actually that it's not going to be the Wizards. I don't think it's going to be them at all. So I, that makes two of us. All right. So the answer for right now is going to be the Spurs. Um, they have. Great coaching, obviously. They have Wemby. They're going to figure that out. They're just going to grow as a team, learn how to play with them. Every game he gets better. He learns a little bit more about the NBA game. They're going to be the ones that get better faster because right now Detroit has all the talent in the world. Kind of like we t- I think this is another thing we talked about last time. All the talent in the world. They're just a little bit of a mess. They're not putting it together right. I think they need to make like one or two moves here to get different people in. And uh, that'll be they'll be on their way after that. But how do you feel about it? I think it's the Pistons still, and I and maybe it's because I can't quit Cade Cunningham. No, you cannot. Uh, but I look at that team and I see a ton of talent. Uh, they're missing some veteran leadership. I I'm saying the Pistons. You know, I, none of these teams are making the playoffs this year. Um, they're probably all going to be lottery teams with you know top five picks. But I think that the Pistons could be that team that get that one player that make them competitive more so than the Spurs or Wizards. All right. A uh, little bit of hockey hockey stuff right now. Uh, first off, the Edmonton Oilers have just been nothing but 
the Stanley Cup contender we thought they'd be when the season started. Um, they just rattled off a, I believe, seven-game win streak. Connor McDavid is scoring again like he's supposed to be. Everything seems to be like working the way we thought it would in Edmonton. Uh, why do you why do you think that that's that? I mean, it, McDavid's health. He was missed some time, and I think he was probably a little bit hurt part of the year as well. Mm-hmm. He is that difference maker where he can turn a mediocre team and turn them into a cup contender. Do you feel like they're a mediocre team, though? I do. Okay. So you feel like if he just left, they would 100% miss the playoffs, and everybody like Evan Bouchard isn't good, Leon's not good, Hyman's not good. Listen, you think it all just falls apart because of oh, him? Listen, I, I think those players are good. There's lots of good players that are on teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. I don't think that team has enough depth without McDavid. Uh, I don't think that goaltending situation is great, and I still don't love their defense. So I think without McDavid, they're probably, you know, they're better than a handful of teams. They're still better than the Sharks, but they're <laughs> they're not they're not making the playoffs as good as I mean, Drysdale is a top five player in the world. Still not good enough to make the playoffs without Connor. Okay, so then quick hit question: With the way they've been playing, are they winning the Stanley Cup? No. Okay, why not? Goaltending and defense. Connor McDavid can only do so much. Um, He masked a lot of their issues. And when you get to the playoffs, there's a little bit more clutching, a little bit more grabbing. Um, It's just a tighter game. And if you don't have secondary help uh, off of that first line, I don't think they can compete. All right. Fair enough. Uh, The last hockey note uh, for people who may have been PCing this gentleman for his entire career. Alex Ovechkin, uh, currently on an 11-game goalless drought. It has not been the start of the season that he would want, uh, that anybody would want, really, because Washington is okay, but right now they're not really playing up to the way that, again, everybody thought they'd be playing. Is it just father time things or what? Buy Ovechkin. Buy the dip. Buy Ovechkin. Um the underlying metrics aren't as bad as it seems. He, you know, the Capitals in general are like 8% on their power play right now, which is incredibly low. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that he is missing uh, some of his former teammates that have that are not playing there anymore. But he's still shooting almost as much as he did before. He's still getting pucks in the net. He's second on the team, I think, in scoring. So he's still scoring. Um, just the Capitals aren't. So I would buy him. I think I know he's on pace for 16 goals. I would bet he's probably going to closer to 25 than 15 when it's all said and done. Well, as of right now, and this, I was just pulling this up, he is currently the second most unluckiest player in the se- in the in the league this season. Uh, his expected goals at this point should be right around 12. He, like you said, he's sitting around five, and that means just like based on the players he's playing with the power play opportunities they're getting because that's the other thing the caps power play is kind of like what you're saying they're not scoring at the clip that they normally would be because that's where he gets a decent chunk of his goals uh sitting there over on the circle just firing him in so right now he is again the second most unluckiest player in the in the league in terms of like goals he should have you know number one is by the way Ooh, most unluckiest Home, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Homer pick just the way you said it. And say Tage Thompson. Nope, Tage isn't on this list as the top 18. Cousins is though. The number one unluckiest player right now, at least as of two days ago, Matthew Kachuk. He's only got five goals and he should. Uh, yeah. His expected goals are about 12. 
Uh, and then when you get it, then it goes up a little bit with the uh, the people you've been playing with. But yeah, Matthew Kachuk is the unluckiest player right now. I would still say buy him. Too buy him. He's super good. Yeah. So a lot of it comes down just to luck at this point, and that stuff always regresses to the mean. So that kind of means what you were saying by Ovechkin because he's gonna he's gonna start potting him for the rest of the season. I can almost guarantee it, unless you know an injury happens or something, that he'll be able to get up there. I still think he'll break the record. I just think it's gonna take another season longer at this point. Yeah, I, and I think he'll play until he does it. Why wouldn't he at this point? I think since Washington doesn't seem to really be a cup contender anymore, that's kind of all they have to sell tickets. Come see Alex score a whole bunch of goals because that's all we got. If that's what they got to do, then so be it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I want him to do it. I think he's been one of the best players ever. Uh, so shout out to him. But I don't think it's a father time thing. I think it's just a bad luck time, bad luck thing. Speed of bad luck. <laughs> Football. The Kansas City Chiefs took on the Buffalo Bills last week. Um, and near the end of the game, we all we all know what happened. Kadarius Tony is a dope. He didn't know how to like check to see if he was on sides. He lines up offsides, prevents the Chiefs from scoring some ridiculous Kelsey pitch backwards play where Tony scored actually scored the touchdown, and then it didn't matter because the play was nullified by the flag that was thrown well before any of that cool stuff happened. By the way. Um, Bill's going to beat the Chiefs to keep their lives, to keep their uh, season alive. Uh, the Chiefs then proceed to throw temper tantrums. They proceed to go into like all of the press conferences afterwards. Patrick Mahomes just whining about everything. Oh, this is terrible. The refereeing is terrible. You know, it, it's a shame that when Travis Kelsey gets to the Hall of Fame, they won't be able to put that play because it doesn't exist anymore into like his Hall of Fame video. All this ridiculous whining, and all I, all you heard. Over all of, I guess, America, maybe the world, was a collective groan because nobody has benefited more from calls that probably shouldn't have been called than the Kansas City Chiefs. And now all of a sudden they get one against them and they're just acting like it's the end of the world. It was pretty pathetic. You know, I know they came out afterwards and was like, oh, we shouldn't have, I shouldn't have acted that way, et cetera, et cetera. But it wasn't the best look. And my only question for you, you can say whatever you want on the topic in a minute, but in terms of cards, does that with the way everybody just kind of soured on the Chiefs collecting media, social media, regular people, like however you want to do it, everybody's just like Chiefs. What are you doing here? Does that just immediately dip Patrick Mahomes' card value? I think it does, but very short term. Like I don't think this is a permanent people staying away from Patrick Mahomes. This is just kind of a uh yuck moment. But right, he goes out this week and has a get right game against. The Patriots, people aren't going to be like, oh, well, he, he whined about that call the other day. I'm not going to collect him now. Right. So it's just a blip on the radar to me. Um, but it, it did. People people were talking about, hey, you know, he, he was the NFL golden boy that, you know, all around him, you know, his, his wife people didn't like. His brother is under investigation for an incident and no one liked him. Like he was people around him and he was still just like this golden boy that – Despite all this, everybody loved him. And this is kind of the first time that anybody has said anything bad about Patrick Mahomes. Right. Um, you know, he he did the right thing. I think after the fact, he saw everything. He realized, hey, I was wrong. Um, but I don't, I don't understand this because I didn't play a lot of football growing up, but I played enough to know that as a wide receiver, the very first thing you do when you break the huddle and you go to the line is you check with the referees to make sure you're good. Right. I know it's not called a lot, but it's the first thing you're taught because you know it can get called. 
We don't really have to react too much, but again, when the NFL tells you ahead of time that, hey, we're going to be calling this a lot more this season, and then through the first 14 weeks of the year, they have been, or I guess it was 13 at that time. They've been calling it more. Dude didn't check. Your argument can't be, yeah, well, he was offsides, but, like, don't call it. Like, that's just so dumb. So it's like, that's just basically saying, oh, I wish any of the rules could just be, you know, if it doesn't affect the play, then don't call it. Uh, did you watch the game last night, the Thursday night game? That wasn't a game. Okay. <laughs> did, you did you watch? So during the first half still, because I turned it off after halftime, because why would you watch that? Um, See if they broke any records. Which, by the way, what we're talking about for the people who are, you know, listening at home, uh, the – <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders, who just got shut out by the Minnesota Vikings last weekend, defeated the Chargers 63-21. to uh, The Chargers scored two. Nobody cares about these touchdowns near the end of the game. They were down 63-7 to at one point. Uh, Aiden O'Connell threw a whole bunch of touchdowns. And the Raiders just looked fantastic. So much so that the Chargers ended up firing uh, Coach Staley and their GM as well. Chargers aren't a complete absolute like rebuild they're going to be hiring somebody new bill belichick and uh it'll be interesting so that's what happened there now please continue your point so not everyone's forgot about what we're talking about but they called an offside penalty on jared everett on a fourth and one yeah very similar play so i wonder now if the league is going to double down on this and you're going to see a bunch of these calls for the rest of the year to kind of be like hey, look, we told you we were going to call them, and now we're going to call them even more to make sure the Chiefs don't feel singled out. Mm -hmm. uh, but they called it on a fourth and one. Um, they ended up getting stopped anyway, so it was a turnover on downs. But they called it on a fourth and one against tight end who did the same exact thing. They're not going to change it, though, because now that the public in general is just paying attention to it, on the, at the same token, the game with the Titans and the Dolphins that we'll get into in a second, but as Miami was doing their last drive to – save the game they handed um they gave that they just gave away there was a w dolphins wide receiver definitely lined up offsides Jill, uh waddle was it waddle i wasn't sure so i, I didn't want to call him out if it, if it wasn't him so waddle lined up offsides and they didn't call that one but that's i don't care i don't need this to be some sort of offensive offsides witch hunt because either way there's you know what 16 referee groups or whatever it is in the in the nfl and all of them are going to call things slightly different regardless it's just the, that's just human nature. That is what it is. So what are you going to do? People are going to pay attention to it more yeah. for at least like two more weeks until the next thing happens, because that's just it. We'll just be on to the next one. So whatever happens this weekend will be the thing everybody's paying attention to. And people forget about this thing. So be enough. before we jump to that Dolphins game, mm -hmm. Herbert's hurt out for the year. They're obviously not making the playoffs. Nope. They're getting a new coach. Yep. New what, what are you doing with all your high end Herbert right now? I would hold on to it. I think I'd be buying it right now. Oh, even that. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant the stuff yeah. you already had. But I, I, I think that a new coach is going to be good there. I think Staley's been a mistake almost from the start. Um, I mean, the fact that, once again, I think coaching in one-score games tells you a lot about the coach more than their overall win-loss win record. Mm -hmm. Anyone's a great coach when their team's blowing teams out. Um, if you're a way better team, you're going to win regardless. The fact that he was like, Three, three and of his last three and eighteen of his last or whatever, maybe it was three and fifteen out of his last eighteen. The fact that he kept losing one score games, and he was going for it on fourth and one on his own twenty yard line, like he just seemed like that whole thing was a mess. They're going to bring somebody else in there. I think they're going to right the ship. They have a ton of talent still all around that team. Herbert, in my opinion, is still a top five to seven quarterback. Uh, I would buy him 
and I would expect them to be better than better than ever next year. Well, one of the best arguments on social media that's been lasting throughout the season uh, before Herbert got hurt is, is Justin Herbert actually like good? And people have been saying like, he doesn't pass the eye test. He doesn't, he keeps making this. He hasn't won anything. He's blown X, Y, and Z. Like, no, he's not a good quarterback, but then the stat nerds and the, the, the numbers guys, they they fight back with like, no, Herbert's awesome. He does a lot of good stuff, but some of it is coaching. Some of it is his receivers. Let him down is what it is. And I think last night's game, well, Thursday night's game, depending on whenever you listen to this, um, not having Herbert kind of shows what happens when they don't have him. Cause like, other, yes, I know that Keenan Allen didn't play either, but Keenan Allen playing is not fixing the 60. It's not fixing the way that that game turned out the way that the defense got roasted. Isn't fixing that stuff, but like the offense, the way that it's run, it wasn't run very well under, under Easton stick. You could say that's because he's new, you know, like it's his first start or whatever. Fine. But I think Herbert was legitimately carrying that team. And that's why they were even considered contenders for, for the longest time. And the first time they took him out and he wasn't there, they got obliterated. <laughs> yeah. I, I, once again, I, I'm a big Herbert fan. Uh, I'm, I will be a, a defender of him. I do think in general, his value was a little bit too high, but I think over the last couple of months, it started to correct itself. And I believe it'll probably overcorrect. You want to know why his value is always high with his cards? They have the coolest colors. A Herbert card looks awesome with that bright blue when it's on there and the yellow. And I just think like, all right, he's a top quarterback. He's tall. Everybody can buy him. You look at it and you're like, the cards are always prettier. And I think because his, I think that I, just because of the color palette, I think those always have more eye appeal. People have said all the time that they love when the Chargers wear their powder blues, et cetera. And I think that's like universally liked as opposed to, I don't know, pick another quarterback who should be up there about the same thing. Like Burrow is orange and black really as sexy looking as light blue and yellow. I like it better. Nah, see, you're just doing that to do that thing you do. I think you're insane. So I'm just saying, I do think that a tiny fraction of somebody's value for their high-end cards, potentially being a little higher, is just based on what team they go to and if the jersey patches look cool or not. Got to be. Agree to disagree. Unbelievable. You're the worst. This is why we need a third person here. Anyway, speaking of people that you truly love and have honored and whatever and been in their corner, Will Levis, take it away. So <laughs> after Will Levis and the Titans decided that they were going to let the Dolphins win. Tie, yes. ga- tie game. You know what? The, instead of letting this punt go, I'm going to try to touch it inside the 10-yard line. And, oh, wait, I fumbled it. They get the ball. They score a touchdown. And then the ensuing play, when they get the ball on offense, Will Levis, bad pitch. It is a terrible now, pitch. Catching Dar- the ball up here is like the hardest thing you could possibly have done Dar- when you're going this Dar- way. Derek Dar- Henry still could have caught that. I don't, I don't think but so. But it wasn't a good pitch. You're it, expecting I, the pitch to be here in listen, a split second. I, I expect him to catch it, and he does, but he was – I think Henry was trying to keep his momentum going. Instead of just saying, I better catch this and then figure it out, he was trying to like, oh, catch I think I can go. still get this, and, and yeah. they fumbled it. They give him another touchdown. Five and, five and a half minutes left, down two touchdowns. They didn't really do much all game. Will Levis brings them down there. They don't use any timeouts. Really they cool. score with over two minutes he left. He throws that no-look touchdown to D-Hop. That was yep. really cool. The Dolphins go, and I'm sorry, Raheem Mostert's had a great year, 18 touchdowns. Your bread and butter is Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill, and then maybe a little bit of Jalen Waddle in there. And they ran the ball, ran the ball. You know the Hills hurt at this point, right? Like, he was really screwed up. That's why he wasn't out there. No, but he, before that, when they knew the game was on the line, he had two catches for, like, 
44 yards in the in the fourth quarter when they were trying to come back or trying to take the lead. So he's you still put him out there. I don't care if he's on one leg. You have to worry about him out there. And they didn't have him on the field. They weren't worried about him. They shut down the run. Third down, they put him back out there, but they were to stop him. They get the ball back, and Will Levis drives down the field for another win, uh, another touchdown, give him the win. Um, this is after I forgot they went for two, got the two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. I think teams down by 14 points with less than three minutes to go were 0 for 767, if I remember the number correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, Dolphins fans and Tua and people who have invested in Tua and Tyreek Hill and any of the Dolphins, they just did something that hasn't been done in years. I'd be a little bit. There you go. I'd be a little bit worried about your investment. I am not sold on the Dolphins. They've yet to beat a good team, and they just imploded against a average team at best. Yeah, very true. Especially with some really tough games coming up for Miami. I know they play they play the Bills in the last week, of course. They play the Baltimore Ravens. They play the Dallas Cowboys. They get the Jets this week, and Tyreek's still kind of banged up. They're they're kind of hurting. They just lost their center on top of it. I think they already have like. Do they already have backup tackles in, too, on yeah. top of it? Now they're playing the Jets, D. And you know the Jets would are just foaming at the mouth to beat the Dolphins and just potentially damage their playoff hopes even more. I don't know. I don't think the Jets are going to beat the Dolphins because I know that the Dolphins just learned a lesson. They have to be able to shut down Zach Wilson and the Jets like that. And the Jets just had their big game, too. So, like, I think the Dolphins will still win. But after that, I'm not sure they're going to win another game. They might sneak into the playoffs, but... Even then, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it could be like, oh my god, they might win the one seed and like win the Super Bowl. I think that talk is just gone now, right? I mean, I, not gone, but you know, I, it's what I tough mean. to say that because I we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Other than the 49ers, when they look right, there's no team that you look at and say they can't lose. Fair, you're right. The best 49ers team when they come out and play and they have Debo and they have Trent Williams and they have. McCaffrey and Ayuk and that whole defense, which is great. They look like by far the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then I can hear an argument for about five or six other teams as who could be the next best team. And though I don't think so, I could hear someone arguing that the Dolphins could be the second best team. Okay. That's fair then. Um, all right. We could do a few more quick hits. Uh, Joe Flacco. You have Flacco Mania written down. Uh, sitting on his couch three weeks ago. Uh, very much understood why he was because Flacco, he was okay when he played for the Jets. Even the year before that, he was like still kind of, all right, when's he done here? All of a sudden, he just brings in his like know-how, I guess. I don't know. It's just because he knows stuff. His knowledge of the game is still pretty much up there. Flacco's been really good for a Browns team that <sighs> nobody's been more beat up than the Browns this year. Uh, at this point, they're on their fourth and fifth offensive tackles that are starting for them. We all know what happened to Nick Chubb. They've gone just cycling through quarterbacks, not to mention just all the bad juju around, you know, getting Watson and depending on how you feel about that. Amari uh, Cooper's banged up. Like, everybody's been hurt, it seems. Like, Grant Delpit, hey, we're going to sign you. Oh, cool, you're out for the rest of the season. Miles Garrett had a shoulder thing. I think they're missing their two starting defensive tackles. The Browns have been through it, yet they're still in a playoff spot because – Joe Flacco, all the people in the world, show up and just start slinging it. And, yeah, he does have his one or two just absolutely awful throws per game, but he's been on target for most of it so far. Do you feel like this is going to continue for the last four weeks of the season, or do you feel like, all right, he had his two really cool games, now people have tape on him, and it's a wrap? 
Uh, can I say in between? Are you buying Joe Flacco? I'm not buying Joe ah. Flacco. Um, <laughs> but they, they come in and they say, you know, we don't need you to win the game. We need you to be a game manager, which I will talk on right after this. Uh, but come in. We have a really, really good defense. Try not to turn the ball over, though he has a couple of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, rely on the run game that has still been really good, even with all these backup defensive linemen. And just get the ball to our playmakers, be okay, and we're going to have a chance to beat a lot of teams. I do worry as these all these injuries pile up that they're going to struggle a little bit, but I still see them as a playoff team. I still think uh, with their remaining schedule and their their record now, they're a playoff team. So who knows? Maybe maybe go a little wacko for Flacco. Well, just because you, you said it, but uh, that's what I was looking up anyway. Here's the last few games that the Browns have. This week they play the Bears, who have actually been a little bit better. Uh, I think the Lions Bears plus three or something. But the Browns could easily win that game. Then they play the Texans, who are just decimated by injuries as well now at this point. Um, I think I think their offense is kind of done with if Nico Collins is hurt for a, bit, a little bit longer. I think Collins is going to be out this week. I think Stroud's going to be out this week. Will Anderson's I, out this week as well. So yeah, so the Texans, I think the dream has kind of died there. Then the Browns play the Jets. There's no reason they shouldn't win that game. That that game should be 3 nothing in overtime probably because those two defenses will be great. And then they meet the Bengals in a in a match where the Browns might already be in and they might already have like the fifth or sixth seed clinched where it might mean a lot more to the Bengals. But at the same time, the Browns might just want to kick the Bengals out of the playoffs completely because depending on how the last two weeks go, the Bengals could be there. So either way, they could easily still, even in their decimated state, still go 4-0 four, four and, and end up at like, what, 12-5 and five or something ridiculous? Yeah, they, they could still win that division as good as Baltimore's. Man. Nah, I don't think so. I mean, Baltimore has to play San Francisco. That's and, the loss. You want to say they're going to lose to Miami? Eh. I don't think they do, but they could. I guess I'm going to say there's, there's a chance they could still win that division with all that. They lost to Indy, so anything's possible. But yeah. we'll just leave it at that. For the most part, though, the Flacco story has been really fun. Um, and I think it'd be – I know it won't shape up that way, but wouldn't it be the coolest thing in the world if, like, week one of the playoffs, Joe Flacco brings the Cleveland Browns into Baltimore for a playoff game? Amazing. I think that's – if the NFL is rigged, that's what's going to happen. So be ready for that. I mean, did you see the – real quick, I know we don't have it on here. Did you see the controversy about the Super Bowl colors and the logos? Um, I think I had heard something about it where, like, the colors of the logo tend to match the winner of the, the game. So the last is couple years, when you look at the Super Bowl colors, they've been the colors of the teams. Look, the at, the cam- look at the camera for this one because they're going to probably want to use this clip for TikTok. So. So the last couple of years, the colors of the Super Bowl logo have been the same color as the teams playing in the Super Bowl. So last year, it was red and green. Mm-hmm. Chiefs, Eagles. Year before, it was yellow and who did the Rams beat? I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, you really should have had to come here. You should have came. Yeah, well, this, I, this, wasn't, this wasn't on the The paper. Bengals, dude. The Bengals. And it was um, yellow and orange. And then this year it was um, the original one was green and uh, green and orange. So it's what Bengals Eagles Bengals Eagles. And then they just re-released it. <laughs> and now it's purple and red. So bang, so Ravens 49ers. So if the Ra- <laughs> Ravens and 49ers are it, it's because they just switched the, the, the flip. Why would they re-release it? Probably because people are saying we know who the Super Bowl is going to be because of the colors. So they re-released the different colors. Um, but now it's looking Packers, Browns, green, yeah. green and orange, obviously. 
<laughs> That'd be a Packers Browns Super Bowl. Get no, out I actually I think it was I think it was green and purple, so Ravens, and, and they just Eagles. switched it to red and blue. So who knows? That's fun. Oh, so I think yeah, I think they're saying it's supposed to be Cowboys Chiefs now. Last one. Well, we got two things left. Sorry. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars employee has embezzled $22 million from the team. Uh, dude's got caught. Dude got caught. He's going to j- federal jail for 30 years. But here's the best part. He doesn't have the money anymore. It turns out he's already gambled away 99% of that money on FanDuel and uh, DraftKings and all that. Uh, he was called like Parlay Picker, I think is what his name was. And dude lost more than anybody else in like gambling history. He's terrible at it. Like that's why he had to keep stealing money because he kept making bets and not winning. Or he kept doing high stakes, head to head fantasy football things on DraftKings to where other people knew he was so bad at it that they were seeking him out to play him because they knew that they would win because his takes and picks are so terrible. Best news story ever. Also, should we look into Sam? Just one. (laughs) One. Jaguars, how do you not realize that $22 million is missing? I think part of it is because even though he's stealing it from the team, I don't even know. You're right. $22 million is insane. It's a lot. Like, it was like, like a million dollars. But the Jags have these other things going on where, like, you know, Tony Khan runs AEW, and money from that is definitely going towards the wrestling and buying, like, yeah. Sting and whoever else they can get to come wrestle for them. So there's all that stuff too. Yeah. Plus, you know, obviously they have other businesses with how they made their yeah. wealth in the first place. So I think it's just a thing where all this is happening and it's like all connected because the Jaguars and, and AEW are pretty close. Are pretty pretty close. So it wouldn't surprise me if they were just like it was an oversight because there was, people were assuming it was part of the other company. I don't know how it got to it, but so so I have to say, if you or someone you know has problems with gambling, please call a gambling helpline. And don't let them fall in the same trap this guy did. Thank you. There's no hope with dope. No, but uh, yeah, absolutely insane story. $22 million is uh, whatever. It's fine. Uh, the last thing you wrote here is QB rankings. And I don't quite know what you have set up for this. So why don't you take it away? So I want you to rank these five quarterbacks. So one to five. You won't know who's next. Oh, you're making me blind rank. Blind it? rank five guys. That sucks. I hate this so much already. But all right, cool. Go ahead. Uh, number one, Dak Prescott. Crap. Um, right now, the, are we talking about right now or like all time? Right now. Right now, I'm going to put Dak as two because I want to leave space for the better player that you're going to end up saying. Okay, number two is Tua. Tua, mm, four. Number three, Brock Purdy. Hmm. Oh, I feel like there's still going to be a better one. So I'm going to put Brock Purdy at three. I think he's better than Tua, and I think he's on the level of Dak currently. Number four, Jared Goff. Goff just becomes five. That's fine. Uh, you're, some bum is one. So I'm, I'm going to give you your boy. You're going to actually love this. Kirk Cousins as oh, number Kirk's one. Kirk's number one. But you can't use Kirk because he's hurt. So if, if you got with my first four, mm-hmm. those are the four players that Cam Newton came out and said were game managers and not difference makers in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Cam Newton also came out today and like had to clarify what he meant, too. So he's not really like sticking to it. But yeah, go ahead. So my question for you is. Which one of those four guys. Buy, sell, trade. Kill. 
So I don't, I don't know. Can I sell trade. All right, we'll yeah, kill golf. I guess. Yeah, in that but scenario. obviously, you're looking at that. You have two of the guys that are probably in the top three for MVP rankings. You you, you kind of said earlier, sell Tua because you know we're, we're not sure about him, and quite I would sell him at this point because I don't think it's going to get any better this season for him. Uh, they do have to start playing some really good teams, and they've kind of already shown what happens when they play one kind of good defense in Tennessee. So like we'll, we'll see, you know. Um, I would still buy Brock because I think he's a younger and he can only continually get better. Uh, a lot of people like to give him crap because they're like, oh, it's because of Shanahan and because they have Debo and Diuk and McCaffrey. Like, yeah, but he's still making like really good throws. He's he's putting the ball where it has to be. And there are other quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, for instance, who was in the same system with the same players and couldn't do that. You know, he did go to Super Bowl. Yes. And then he didn't put the ball in the right spot. And Emmanuel Sanders didn't catch it. So they didn't win the t- Super Bowl they were supposed to. The, so there you go. Brock still hasn't done it in that moment. But we'll see. I know. But I'm just using it as an example. Yeah. I think Brock has looked really, really good. I think everybody knows that. Um, and then Dak b- would become the, what is it, a hold in this scenario? Yeah. I would still hold Dak because he's an MVP candidate. His number, he's, his cards have still been going up from what I've noticed anyway. Um, and he's playing really, really well. And we talk about it all the time here. When you have the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys in an MVP conversation and he's playing lights out like Dak actually kind of predicted he would in the you know before the season. Hey, more power to him. They just beat the crap out of the Eagles. Right now everybody's like, "Oh crap, Dallas is Dallas is one of the best teams in the league for sure." Like, let's, I can't wait to, you know, let's see what happens when they play San Francisco again, right? Cuz San Francisco already m- wiped the floor with them. So, we'll see. So, uh, my next question is, mm-hmm. so I think it's it's pretty readily agreed upon that your difference makers when it comes to top quarterbacks in no order are Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think most people would say those are your four best quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to – your fifth one is when I think it comes really interesting. Um, Justin Herbert is always in that conversation. You know, Trevor Lawrence. Burrow. Isn't it? Burrow's Burrow. better. Yeah, Burrow. So I forgot Burrow. So Burrow's five. You're right. <laughs> Burrow's three. But I, go what top, no, but he's top five. That's a, I'm sure. So sure. I missed him. So Burrow. So take him out. Who is that next guy? But you just named them all. You just named the, the three that should be compete. Well, the next guy is Kirk Cousins. We talked about that. But jokes aside, Dak's right there now. Brock's right there. Um, we already you said Herbert. Two is right there. They're all just going back and forth. But now it's like. CJ Stroud's really good. And if he keeps going, you know, it sucks that he has a concussion because I think everybody would like to see him continue the season. If Tank Dell never got hurt on top of it, Houston was going to make the playoffs and they were shocking the world there. So some of these younger guys you got to like look out for. Just Will Levis had a really good game. What if he finishes the season really hot? You know, he started off hot. I know he had like a couple in between games in there, but Tennessee's not a great team to begin with. They don't have anything really receiving wise outside of D Hop. You know, Trail and Burke, we laugh about him all the time. Man, this guy's supposed to be really good. never happens. So the younger guys are on their way up too. But right now, I think it's your next two are just – I'll just say it's Dak and Brock. Well, I guess you said Herbert too. So, so it's that. Herbert, T-Law. Like I just I, – I look at that. Yeah, I didn't even think about there's, Herbert. There's so many guys that, you know, you look at can be that next thing. And so my, my point comes down to collectability buying guys. Um, you know, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. Lamar Burrow, they, they're all, they're established who they are. Mm-hmm. Dak is kind of established who they are, but he is showing a new level this year. Exactly. There are so many guys in that next level of quarterbacks that could be the next guy. If you really feel strongly about these guys, these are great guys to be buying. Um, T. 
T-Law is probably a little bit tougher because his value is still kind of really yeah, high. There. But there are so many guys. And Purdy's probably the highest one right now because all he has is rookie cards right now. There's yep. no second-year stuff. But there are a lot of guys right now that are in that second tier um, that you should be buying. You should be looking at looking at uh, investing into because they have a super high ceiling. Um, and they're, they're going to be fun to watch over the next couple of years. Who are your top two that you would want to buy most? In fact, I'm even going to say take away the guys you named. Take away Dak, Brock, and Tua. Who are those guys then that are still in there that you would be personally buying? No, no Lawrence either. I'm not so, gonna so I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to Tyler on this one. Okay, uh, because one guy that I was not a fan of coming into this year, and I know he had a bad game this week, but I think Jordan Love has shown me something. Yeah, he's come out uh, where I think that he is someone that I would be investing in. I think they're gonna see him as a long term uh, solution in Green Bay. Green Bay is a great market, obviously. <laughs> They've had Rodgers and Favre, but I think he's really good. Um, he's a guy I think is still room to grow. Uh, and the second one, I'm I'm, I'm going to double down on my Will Levis pick. That's I think fair. that his stuff is super cheap right now. Like if you want a guy that you can get in at really cheap prices, Will Levis is super cheap. And I think he has potential to be a very good quarterback uh, on a team that, you know, you, you're not really sure about. They're kind of a team in transition if they keep D-Hop, if Traylon Burks ever figures it out, um, there's a lot of good receivers coming out of the draft this year. Uh, Ty J. Spears looks like he could be a legit running back. Mm-hmm. Um, that team could quickly turn it around um, and be a contender in that NFC South next year. So that, that'd probably be my other guy. All right, that's pretty good. Um, anything else on quarterbacks? I think that's it. Anthony Richardson, the guy no one's yeah, talking about. Well, and why would they? Because, well, he's been hurt. Yeah. But – Everybody was talking about him. Out of sight, out of mind is a good person to buy. Exactly. Because it just keeps keeps going down, and then you can get it on the way back up because people are going to go, oh, yeah, that guy. Can't wait. Um, So that pretty much wraps it up. That brings us to, of course, final thoughts. Uh, We'd really try to get to 45 minutes. We're at an hour. It doesn't really matter. Tom, what was your final thought this week? So this is actually uh, something I usually don't pay attention to, even though I'm in the card hobby and I should. Oh, crap. Um, Is new releases. Here we go. You're going to steal mine. Go. The cup comes out on the 20th. Uh, it's not mine. Um, so anyone who's a hockey fan, the cup is the premier product there is out there. Um, I'm super excited to see it. You know, there was a long time during COVID that there was no cup and people were upset. We are finally seeing it uh, kind of in a timely fashion here. Super cool. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, I know it's expensive. Maybe you buy into some breaks. Maybe you do something where you can get in. But the cup's coming out. I'm excited. Uh, go hockey. All right. So my final thought is eerily similar because it's about cards. Because even though, again, I work for Hip Parade, I love what I do. I love going out and buying cards and traveling and seeing all you people out there. And just we deal with cards all the time in sports. It's great. I don't collect cards. And I think that that helps me for, you know, being being here. Like that way I don't have like attachments to certain things, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, when new stuff comes out, I don't always know it. I'm not always paying attention to it because, well, what we're buying are autos that have already been pulled, et cetera, et cetera. Different kind of world. So now I paid attention to the Tom Brady 101 Super Refractor thing where Tom autographed it from, you know, getting drafted by the Expos and whatever. I thought that was really cool. I know people were just drumming up interest. And why wouldn't you use a Tom Brady card in that? Because, hell, I mean, it's just good. It put so many eyes on the product. When people have these chases, I think it's cool. I know people put bounties out on cards and it becomes this whole thing. But this one ended really, really fast. 
like somebody pulled it pretty quickly. And I feel like, I think it's cool that it got pulled like relatively soon, but I kind of wish it like lasted a little bit longer to keep drumming up interest. People like, it's kind of like what, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory after a golden ticket or two got pulled. Now it's like, oh, there's only three left. Like, let's pay attention more. More stuff's coming out. Like, where is it? Where's it going to be? And more people start buying more and they care more. Now it's already been pulled. So now people care slightly less. But the bounty is actually still available for the 12 of 50 that has the inscriptions on it. Oh, where he wrote the, uh, hey, Tom, if football doesn't work out, maybe yeah. there's always baseball. So or there, there's, there's still Chase product. But I will say Bowman is, you know, probably one of the biggest release days of any product in all of the hobby. Mm. Bowman is such a highly sought after product. So there was probably more people breaking Bowman yesterday. Yep. Not, well, not yesterday. So it was two days ago now. Whatever it was. Yeah. Um, there are more people that were breaking Bowman that night than probably any product in the history of breaking ever uh, up to then. So that's really cool. I know. I love it. So it's really cool. And the fact that it was pulled earlier kind of is like, it kind of shows me more that in my mind that I know people in the past have said, oh, this might be rigged or people might give other breakers cards so they can be the ones to find them. I know people worry about that stuff, but when it gets pulled this fast, that means there is there is less interest. There is less time to sell boxes for it to get pulled. So it tells me that it's like legit because it got it gets like done quick as opposed to it taking three months and getting drawn out. And then all of a sudden it finally happens. But are we still at a point with we are still at a point with cards where there's like big cards that still have never been pulled, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's cards that, that have never, um, you know, surfaced here. There's a lot of cards, especially basketball. Uh, basketball is huge over in Asia. Yeah. So there are tons of really good cards that have been bought over there that the states have never seen. That's why people talk about going over there um, to shows. Um, I know the Burbank show over there in outside L.A. always has a decent amount of people that come over because it's an easier trip than coming all the way to the East Coast. And you see cards that you don't see normally. Um, so it's cool. It's, I know, I think, uh, Blaz was just out in, in Asia doing some buying at a show. Listen, there are, just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not pulled. Fair. Are we going to go to Asia to buy cards? I mean, hopefully I, I've, I've been saying for a long time that I wanted to go to Australia cause we had people out in Australia and that's like mm -hmm. a bucket list place for me to go. Um, I think I'm going to Europe next year. Uh, this first, there's yeah. a show in the UK that I'm going to. Uh, and then going to our Roarmont store. So I'm traveling places I never thought I would with the card hobby. So, That's you know, nice. it, it wouldn't be too far-fetched for me to be out there at some point. All right. Um, that that does it for us here at the Hip Parade Podcast. Uh, again, it's been about an hour, but we have a lot to talk about because, again, we missed the show last week, but hopefully we're not going to do that anymore. Uh, pretty pumped about our new little set here. It's pretty, pretty neat. Uh, thank you again, guys, for listening and sticking to us. And I know we'll have we'll be available in more places soon and more stuff will be coming. We'll get more people in from the office. So you can get, you know, varying different opinions because Tom and I can sometimes be on the same page a little too much. Although when we're not, he's usually just wrong. Uh, so thank you for listening. Again, you can always email us at podcast at hitparadecollection.com. Uh, always look forward to your emails and responding to them. Uh, you will be talking directly to me, not some, you know, intern bum that we, we don't have. So you yeah. are the intern bomb. I got news for you. No, I'm not. All right, guys. But thank you. Uh, have a great time this weekend. Stay safe out there. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.